0: Good morning everyone. I had the privilege last week of going to Florida after I left here uh, I left here yesterday went to Florida and uh, I escaped this uh, awful February sunny 80 degree West Virginia weather (laughs) to go to Florida where it was sunny and 75 degrees so uh, I called back home and I'm like I always get to rub it in when I go to Florida in the winter and And work down there, and everybody says, "Well, what's the weather?" And I say, "It's sunny and it's 75 or 80." And they're like, "Ah, it's so miserable here." This week, I called back, and they're like, "Well, it's sunny and 80 here today." So, so that's that's a different thing. We've been in this series, "Words with Friends," and. And what we're really looking at is that, the power of our words, the power on one side of our words to lift people up, to encourage people, to praise God, to do those things that that honor God, and the power on the other side to tear people down, to do those things that dishonor God with the things we say and with the way that we say them. Today we're going to move on in that series. We're going to actually close out that series today, and, and we're going to look at something that's called appreciation versus arrogance. Will you join me in word of prayer? Father, we come before you today and we thank you and praise you for our words. We take for granted our ability to communicate every day and yet we know Father that it is through that ability that so much of our life is lived and, and that we have a responsibility in how we communicate and the things we communicate, the ways in which we communicate. And I pray Lord that as followers of you we would be very serious About honoring you with our words we know that as we have seen in this series those words come from something much deeper they come from our hearts and and so today our prayer really is that you would just take over our hearts any areas that we need to surrender to you we pray that today they will be surrendered so that father the things we do and the things we say will reflect your love and your grace and your mercy and it's in Jesus holy and precious name we pray Amen. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you just had to say thank you for someone else? Maybe you were at lunch with someone, a friend of yours, and the waitress came over and did something for your friend, and and your friend just completely ignored any response to the waitress's kindness, and so you had to kind of speak up on your friend's behalf and say thank you as they walked off. Or, Or maybe you were going to Walmart the other day, or you were walking into a sheets or something like that, and, and, and there was someone coming behind you, and you, you held that door open, and they walked right through that door, and they didn't say a daggone word, right? And so under your breath, you felt the need on their behalf to thank yourself and say, thank you, very sarcastically, right? Anybody ever guilty of that? Don't raise your hand, right? I think we've all done it. What's really happening when we do that is we are casting a judgment, aren't we? We're saying that, that really they're not appreciative for what we have just done for them or not appreciative what, for what someone else has just done for them. And our thoughts kind of go something like this. That person is arrogant rather than appreciative. That person is the opposite of humble, if you will. And I know that for many of you, you will not immediately see arrogance as the opposite of appreciation or appreciation as the opposite of arrogance. But I want you to just consider with me for a minute both of those words and both of those attitudes in our life and and take a look at Luke chapter 17 with me. We're going to travel with Jesus a bit on the border between Samaria and Galilee In Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19, we have this kind of arrogance going on, we have this appreciation going on, and I want us just to kind of learn a little bit from this scripture this morning. Starting in verse 11, it says this, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, and as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go your faith. Has made you well. It, it is really within this story that we see both arrogance and appreciation. Now, now for most of us, we, we think of, of arrogance and we think of its opposite as humility. I, I mean, most of us would make that statement very easily that humility is the opposite of arrogance, and indeed that's true. But, but really, what we see in this story is that all ten lepers really showed a little bit of humility. There was some humility on their part to cry out for help. When I was a kid, I was playing hide-and-seek one day, actually with my mom. My mom was trying to find me. I was probably about six or seven years old, and I hid in their closet in their bedroom. My dad had a had a bow. He was a bow hunter, and back in those days, a little different than today. It was an old recurve bow that had a, had a uh, quiver on the side that wasn't really a quiver. It was just kind of a, a place to stick your arrows in and and unfortunately when you did that the broadheads were exposed and kinda hanging down. And this was sitting in the corner of the closet that I chose to hide in very unwisely that day. And and so my mom is looking for me and I'm getting a little nervous because she's getting close and I simply lift my foot up like this and I feel a, a really sharp horrible pain in the top of my foot and I start to put my foot down and it literally won't go down. It's stuck on something. And so I pushed hard and it came off and I soon realized what I'd done. I'd ran that broadhead into the top of my foot. Now, I could have been a really cool kid and I could have went and I could have bandaged it up and I could have fixed it and I could have said, no problem, but here's what I did. I screamed out like I was dying. Help, mom, help. She came running in the room, threw the door open, bandaged me up and got me back to health. That's a little bit of humility that every one of us Uh, Need to exercise in our life. When we find ourselves in the midst of trouble, we need to cry out for help, right? And that's exactly what's happening in the story of the lepers. They were all humble enough to call out for help. Matter of fact, literally what they say as they see Jesus approaching them is they say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And that is a great sign of humility. Just simply, I need help. Our pride tells us we can do it on our own. Our pride tells us we can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps our pride tells us we don't need anybody else in our life especially God but when God's word says to us humble yourself and we do it we experience the help that comes from him and him alone. In Proverbs 11:2, 2 we read this when pride comes then comes disgrace but with humility comes wisdom. Now, now this is very practical advice and, and the lepers some of who are More than likely Jews. As a matter of fact, most scholars believe that probably all of them were Jews except this one who returned and gave thanks, who is labeled a Samaritan because there's so much made of the fact that he is a foreigner, that he is a Samaritan. But but in any case, probably a great number of them were Jews. But in the midst of their leprosy, all those social distinctions were kind of broken down, weren't they? They're all together crying out to God for help. It is amazing when we find ourselves up against something hard and we find ourselves kind of in a tight spot, if you will, that, that all those social distinctions go away. We don't care how much money people have or we don't care what their background is. We don't care what color of our skin is. We just kind of group together because we all have a common problem and that's kind of what we see happening with these lepers. And so together, in the midst of all of this, they cry out for help. In James 4.10 it tells us humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. If you're here today and there's something going on in your life and you find yourself where the lepers were, you find yourself on the outside looking in, you find yourself in the midst of a place where you don't know how to get out of it, you don't know what you're going to do, you don't know where you're going to turn, the instructions from God's word are very simple, quit being so proud and thinking you can do it on your own. Quit being afraid to tell everybody else what's going on. Simply admit, here's where I am, and cry out to Almighty God for help. And he will help you. Amen? Anybody ever been there before? Four of you. Great. (laughs) Well, the rest of you, this is really for you this morning then, okay? We've all been there, haven't we? But, But what I want to talk about here is a little deeper than that. Because, see, although all the lepers uh, demonstrated this humility in the midst of their crisis, they demonstrated this humility in the midst of, of, uh, of what was going on, they, they seem to go back to where they were before. It is only this one leper that does something different. The leper demonstrates transformational humility that results in faith. Now, now that's kind of a long phrase, and it's my own But I just want you to kind of internalize that for a minute. He demonstrates transformational humility that results in faith. There's something different about his humility. Because the fact is, it's really not hard to be humble when the plane's going down. People who have never prayed in their life when the plane starts to go down will pray. People who have never called out for help in their life when they get that diagnosis will call out for help. People who have never wanted anyone else to give them a a leg up or or a helping hand when they don't know how to pay their bills will reach out for help. The thing is it's really not that hard to be humble when we are so desperate. But it seems like nine out of the ten lepers go back to their normal routine after the crisis is over. It it seems like 90 percent of the people who had shown humility in the midst of their crisis, go back to exactly where they were before the crisis came. But this one shows appreciation. This one shows faith. He literally comes back and falls down before the feet of Jesus because Jesus has touched his life, because Jesus has healed him, because Jesus has made him whole. There's a very interesting word used um, in, in the Greek here, get up, when Jesus looks at him and he's fallen down on his feet and he tells him to rise up. And N.T. Wright in his commentary says this about the word. He says, the word for get up is a word early Christians would have recognized as having to do with resurrection. Like the prodigal son, this man was dead and it is alive again. New life, the life which Israel was longing for as part of the age to come, had arrived in his village that day. And nine out of ten missed it. It really makes me wonder how many people who in the midst of crisis in their life called out to Jesus Christ, confessed him as Lord and Savior, and where are they today? When the crisis was gone, the appreciation seemed to go away, the faith seemed to wane, and so 90%, maybe it's that high even for us today, Experience the rescue of Christ in a crisis, the rescue of God in their life, but don't return the faith that should come as a result. There, there's a different humility of just asking God for help when you're in a tight spot and, and surrendering in faith your entire life to Jesus it's more than Jesus help me with my problem he will help you with your problem but this man got so much more this man experienced resurrection into a new life that was an exciting life and an enthusiastic life and a fulfilling life and an eternal life and an abundant life because he comes to Jesus And what he does when he comes to Jesus is interesting because the leper expresses words of appreciative praise out of a humble heart of faith. You've kind of been wondering maybe what all of this has to do with the series Words with Friends, right? But here it is. Humility leads to faith. Real humility leads to faith. And faith then leads to words of appreciation and praise. It's the heart work of humility that we have and then the response of faith that then influences what happens in our life, that then makes us, if you will, or calls us to be appreciative and to praise the one who saved us. Nine out of ten felt no need to do this. But one praised his holy name, amen? One was thankful for what happened. One was transformed in his heart. And one, because of the transformation, spoke words of thanksgiving and praise. What are you thankful for today? Now I know you have a lot. Every one of us do. Every one of us have those things that we're very uh, mindful of that we're thankful for in our life. We have those things we take for granted that we're thankful for in our life when we think about them. But if you just think about this one thing with me today, that we are all like lepers, that every one of us who knows Jesus has been healed of our sin in Jesus Christ, That, in and of itself, should be enough to send us to our knees in humility and raise us up again in praise and thanksgiving. So much discussion in the church about how we worship. What instruments do we use? What songs do we sing? In God's eyes, I don't think any of that matters a hill of beans. What matters to Him is have you been driven to your knees in humility and rose up again in words of praise and appreciation? I don't care if it's an organ or a guitar. When I'm singing to my God, I can sing words of appreciation because I know who I was without Him. Amen? That's the way it ought to be. And every day our life should be filled with these words of appreciation and these words of praise. Many of you are thankful for so many things, but you just don't know how to say it. You're worried about how to praise Him. You're worried about what words to use. But that is not what concerns our Lord and our Savior. What concerns our Lord and our Savior, that it is out of an authentic heart that we worship Him in spirit and in truth. And that's what worship and praise is all about. It is expressing your appreciation for the transformation that has happened because you cried out for help and He came. And you fell down before him. And he said, rise up. You are a new creation. Rise up. You are now in me. Back to holding the door. You want to hear the thanks, right? But for some, it's just hard to express thanks. The old story of the the old farmer who was kind of raised in the old school ways, which many of you are still steeped in, I'm sure. A lot of my background is in these ways. He's sitting there with his wife and he gets this flood of emotion and he looks at her and he says, honey, he says, when I look at you and I think about our life together and I think of all that you have meant to me, it's all I can do to muster the strength not to tell you so. (laughs) That goes right over some of your heads, I know. (laughs) But the fact is, some of us are like that, aren't we? With the people we love the most, The people we appreciate the most, what in the world is wrong with us that we just can't walk up and say thanks? What's wrong with us that we can't walk up and say, I'm sorry? What's wrong with us that we can't walk up and say, I appreciate you for all that you are and all that you've done. What's wrong with us that we can come into church on a Sunday morning and be more concerned about how bad our day has been because the hairdryer blew a fuse or the kids were screaming and hollering rather than the fact that I'm here this morning and I recognize the fact that I'm not going to hell for eternity. I'm going to spend eternity with my Lord and Savior because he rescued me. That ought to evoke praise and adoration from our lips. How can we not sing? How can we not say it? How can we not live it every day in our life? God wants to hear our praise. The leper came, the scripture says, loudly. Remember Jesus going into Jerusalem? If you fast forward in Luke over to chapter 19, verse 37 through 40. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And I love this. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. If they keep quiet, the rocks will are going to cry out. When we think of what God has done for us, it is not just right that our arrogance is turned into humility, that our humility births faith, but it is right that our faith leads us into words of appreciation and lifestyles of adoration and words and lifestyles of praise. Paul goes on, if we go back to last week, Paul tells us everything we should say should be helpful to others, should be lifting others up. And the same goes for our worship to the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Here's the thing. And I don't want this to come across as judgmental. I can say it as a very uh, personal testimony of my own life. When you're not praising, you're being arrogant. Because when we're humble we will realize how much we've got to praise the Lord for. When we're humble, we will realize that every single blessing in my life I owe to the Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you close your eyes for just a minute? Bow your heads. I'm going to have you listen to a passage of Scripture. And I want you, as you listen... Just to praise God in your own heart, your own mind, as you're kind of in prayerful communication with him. Let these words speak to you, but then go wherever he leads you in the praise. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, for they had rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For He breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He sent forth His word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for men. Let them sacrifice, thank, offerings, And tell of His works with songs of joy. Others went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, His wonderful deeds in the deep. For He spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were at their wits' end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He brought them out of their distress." He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and raise him in the council of the elders. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who lived there. He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live, and they found a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them, and their numbers greatly increased, and he did not let their herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in a trackless waste. But he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks, the upright see and rejoice. But all the wicked shut their mouths. Whoever is wise, let him heed these things and consider the great love of the Lord. Let us pray.